Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 139 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 139 of Wrestle gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Shark Tank in San Jose, California. And this was a very busy episode of Monday Night Raw, fairly good per the usual as of late, but I've got to call out a booking trope that WWE has used across Raw, SmackDown, and NXT 2.0 as of late, which is doing a little bit too much for me, and that is distractions. Distraction finishes. Interference finishes have been the norm on WWE TV as of late. In my opinion, it's a booking crutch that needs to stop. In some cases, there can be justifiable distractions within storyline to play into storylines from the previous week, which is fine. But to see it happen over and over and over again across three different shows, it's a bit excessive. So we need to shake up that formula in the next week or two heading into Extreme Rules in a few weeks time in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Here's hoping that we won't have any distraction finishes for the most extreme night of the year, according to WWE. But let's kick things off with Seth Rollins versus the almighty Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. This was the best match from last night's show. I loved it. We had some great counters from both men as Bobby blocks Tope from Seth early on, but Seth avoids the post into the ring post and he is able to send Bobby into the ring post first. And Seth lands a couple of super kicks on Bobby Lashley, goes for the curb stop, but Bobby blocks the curb stop. He sits up and says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not taking that move. He's going to get Seth out of the ring and tackle him on the outside as we go to commercial break. The curb stop block was a highlight in this match, but it gets even better as Seth works over the left shoulder of Bobby Lashley as we come back from commercial break. Seth goes for not one, but two topes through the ropes. Bobby eventually posts Seth against the ring post on the outside as this battle continues over the United States Championship. We come back and Lashley lands the Dominator and a flatliner for two. But as Bobby goes up top to suplex Seth. Seth rakes the eyes of Bobby Lashley. He picks up Bobby for a buckle bomb, lands a frog splash, and he gets a very narrow near fall on Lashley. In the spot of the match, Bobby has Seth in position for a spear, but Seth counters in mid-spear with a pedigree that pops the crowd for a very close near fall. From there, Bobby is going to lock in the hurt lock. Seth is flailing. He's fading at one point. He climbs up the turnbuckles to break the hold, but Bobby reapplies the hurt lock. But the referee's view is obscured as Seth delivers a low blow to Bobby Lashley. He is going to seemingly win the championship until... Matt Riddle comes out to distract Seth long enough for Bobby Lashley to spear Seth to retain the United States Championship. A clever finish, distraction finish number one on this show, which is justifiable because last week Seth distracted Riddle when he was facing Finn Balor during the opening of Monday Night Raw. And this leads to more drama later in the show, which I'll get to shortly. Great opener. Really enjoyed it. Distraction finish number one was a bit much for me, which was an ongoing trend throughout last night's show. Next up is Damage Control's championship celebration. We got a shitload of pyro for EO Sky and Dakota Kai, brand new women's tag team champions. Bailey's got a cart driving them down to the ring. We had streamers on the main stage and in the ring as Bailey brags about Damage Control taking over the Raw Women's Division. EO Sky brags in Japanese and compliments Bailey for a job well done as their leader, Dakota Kai, calls out Bianca Belair for wrestling on no laurels and losing her first match in 300 days to 
Bailey. She calls out Asuka for going soft after being a killer on the main roster for so long. And Alexa Bliss just doesn't simply have the same spark she used to have during her tenure as a five-time Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. And that leads to Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss coming out to confront Damage Control. And Bianca Belair is ready to beat some respect out of Bailey and company. But Bailey calls out Bianca Belair and her accessories, her hair, and her earrings. Calls out Alexa Bliss having an accessory in Lily that has more bite than Alexa these days. And Alexa reminds Bailey, hey, I've made your life a living hell. In the last five years or so, I can do it again tonight one-on-one. She decks Bailey, which sets up Bailey versus Alexa Bliss at the end of tonight's show. I don't want to remember 2017 because that was the downfall of Bailey as a babyface when she got beat up by Alexa Bliss, had no defense on the mic or in the ring, and that absolutely sucked. I don't treasure those times. In fact, I dread them, and I don't want to relive them. And all I think about is Kendo sticking a pole and how it ended so badly for Bailey as Alexa Bliss became the new Raw women's champion but leave the memories alone quite frankly leave them buried in the past this is fine to get heat on the cruise heading into the main event of monday night raw next up is kevin owens versus austin theory and theory got the jump on ko before the match got underway by sending him into the barricade kevin owens shrugs it off gets in the ring to fight austin theory he's going to work over ko for a bit at one point kevin owens is going to go for a dive outside the ring but theory trips him on the ring apron and lands a net breaker on the floor as we go to commercial break we come back and theory still working over ko ko responds with a super kick followed by a beautiful top rope swanton for a near fall both men eventually fight on the top rope and owens missed a double jump moonsault and theory lands a beautiful rolling blockbuster for two he goes for a net breaker as well so in distraction finish number two johnny kagana who has proper beef with theory because he attacked him last week from behind which said money in the bank briefcase so theory sees johnny swipe his briefcase at ringside Johnny holds it lovingly and that allows KO to land a super kick followed by a cannonball and a pop-up powerbomb for the win a very good match I think I prefer their match from a couple of weeks ago but due to the heated nature of last week's promo with KO in theory I did like that this crowd was into this match just as much despite the shortened length of time they got via this matchup and this will lead to Kevin Owens and Johnny Gagano teaming up to reform Panda Express against Alpha Academy's Chad Gable and Otis in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And that is going to be full on Canadian love for Kevin Owens. Guaranteed. That is going to be quite the atmosphere with KO getting all the love from his home country. So that should be a sneaky great match next week, north of the border, of course. Next up is the Brawling Brutes, Butch and Rich Holland versus the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. This match was good. I love the Brawling Brutes. Sans Sheamus, which was a bit sad because I'm sure the fans would love to see Sheamus on Monday Night Raw. But it was about pushing the Brawling Brutes versus the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team titles this Friday on SmackDown Live from Salt Lake City. And the fans were kind of so-so for Butch and Witch Holland's promo because I think they're pro-Usos and they want the bloodline to stand tall. The Street Profits come out to say, you know what? You won your match on Friday, but you didn't beat us. Let's try that tonight. And they had a really good match. I love Butch going after the digits of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Montez provided great comedy by avoiding his fingers getting snapped by Butch. And his yelling, his audible yelping was hilarious. 
And I just love the counter wrestling they did early on, which was very silky smooth. So we go to commercial break and Montez Ford is being worked over by Butch and Rich Holland. He doesn't make that attack to Dawkins and Dawkins takes it to Rich Holland with clotheslines, a spinning back elbow, the singer splash in the corner, the enziguri and the silencer net breaker for two. Butch is going to get involved and land a kick on Dawkins after making a blind tag. But Ford makes a save at one point. Butch applies a triangle choke, but Dawkins is going to horse him up in position for Ford to land the doomsday device blockbuster, which is all always a great sight to see but Holland tries to break things up Dawkins lands a shoulder tackle to sins Holland on the outside and Montez Ford wipes out the brawling brutes with a beautiful flip dive on the outside they're going to deliver the same doomsday device blockbuster to Rich Holland but Butch is going to finally break the fingers of Montez Ford. He disrupts the finisher and that allows him to hit a kick on Dawkins, followed by a slam by Holland as the Brawling Brutes pick up a win ahead of their undisputed tag team championship match against the Usos this Friday on SmackDown. And at least this match was distraction-free with no shenanigans. That was nice to see, very refreshing, considering how most of this show was laid out last night. Next up is a Judgment Day segment involving Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and newest member Dominic Mysterio. And I don't care what anyone said in that ring, but the moment Dominic Mysterio opened his mouth to speak, this man got booed out of the building. He was smiling at the heat he was generating. I think everybody kind of broke thinking, damn, they really don't like Dominic. And that was actually great to hear. The unanimous booze reigned in the shark tank and I lived. And I think this was a step up from what they did last week via that backstage vignette. The matter did something to the fans to say, fuck you, Dominic. We don't care what you have to say. The snarling of the lips during that backstage promo last week, his performance against Edge in the ring. I don't know what it is, but that dude was a heat magnet last night and I loved it. So I don't know for sure if this is go away heat or we really don't like you kind of heat. Regardless. In a reaction regarding this turn is a good reaction, but I just want him to step up, continue to get comfortable in this role, get better in the ring, get more comfortable in the mic, fully invest in the character, and there is hope because you are getting booed. And that was hilarious. I got my life before it was Rey Mysterio and Matt Riddle versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor with Dominic and Rhea Ripley causing trouble at ringside. Riddle was basically the whipping post for the majority of this match. He took a nasty bump on the hardest part of the ring, you guessed it, the ring apron, as Damian Priest chokeslammed him, and he landed back first on the edge of that apron, which sucked. He takes a bump, and he takes another hellacious bump, courtesy of Rhea Ripley, who suplexes him on the floor in a gnarly bump. He is going to recover eventually and land the bro to sleep on Priest. Ray gets the hot tag, and Ray hits Balor with a low drop kick. I see the senton, a springboard cross body for two. Priest is going to save Balor from the 619 by pulling Ray out of the ring. And this is going to lead to Riddle landing a PK kick and the floating bro on Priest sends him into the announce table in a great spot. Ray lands the 619 on Finn Balor, but we get shenanigans. We get shenanigans, courtesy of Rhea Ripley, who distracts the referee, and Seth Rollins, who still has beef with Matt Riddle. He is going to go after Riddle with a steel chair. Ray stops him, and he shoos Rollins away because he says, listen, your beef is with him, not with me. Get the hell out of my business. Rollins flees with the barricade and runs away. But unfortunately for Ray, his son confronts him and Dominic begs his dad to hit him. He gets on his knees. Hit me, dad. Do it. Ray turns down the invitation 
Dominic shakes his head. Finn lands a sling blade on Ray. Damian Priest choke slams Ray in the ring. Finn goes up top, lands coup de gras for the win as Judgment Day stands tall over Ray once again. This storyline must continue. Now, the selling point now is Ray dropping his son. The act of there is no going back now. I love the tease. It will happen someday very soon. And this might be leading to this unanimous hate for Dominic. Hopefully it's for the good reasons that I alluded to earlier. It does not go away heat, but we'll see how it goes. But that's the selling point now. When will Ray deck his son and when will Dominic hit his father to elicit that reaction from his dad at some point in the not too distant future? We get some great byplay segments backstage a few moments later with Riddle and Rollins getting into it backstage. Once again, another brawl breaks out and Rollins is now willing to give Riddle a rematch. You name the place, you name the date, let's do it. Riddle says Extreme Rules, Philadelphia in a fight pit match. And I'm like, hell yes. The fight pit matches on NXT were great. The one with Riddle and Thatcher is probably my favorite fight pit match. Tomasa Chomp and Thatcher's pretty good too. But Riddle and Thatcher's fight pit match a couple of years ago on OG Black and Gold at Full Cell. That was a great fucking match. And I love this concept being brought to the main roster. And we know that Riddle and Rollins are going to deliver in that setting. It is going to be a spectacle. And it could be a show stiller in a few weeks time in Philadelphia, PA. Another interesting segment was Finn Balor talking to AJ Styles because they have not talked since Finn joined Judgment Day a few months ago and AJ wants no part of this crew but Finn says I never turn my back on you I never have not one single time throughout our interactions together over the years and he throws up the two sweet sign bullet club OG and AJ doesn't know what to think about this and I love this thread of we don't forget shit in WWE anymore there is money to be had in Styles versus Balor we had it one time one-on-one about five years ago in a impromptu match for TLC because Bray Wyatt had mono. He was not clear to compete that night against Finn Balor, which would have been a disaster because he was supposed to be Sister Abigail. Thank God that did not happen. If Finn was supposed to be the demon, that would have been weird too. So we got Finn versus AJ instead, a great match. And I expect both guys to deliver again when the time calls for it. And Rey Mysterio needs friends. AJ's one, you need another or another to fill out this crew to counter Judgment Day because like I said, one day Ray is going to have to hit his son because Ray is going to get provoked by his son by getting hit first. Just saying. Next up is The Miz inviting Dexter Loomis on his show to confront him about the stalking, the kidnapping, the Stockholm Syndrome over the last few weeks. So let's cut right to the chase. Dexter Loomis cuts a hole in the ring and Miz is calling out Dexter Loomis. We see behind him a hole being cut in the ring by Dexter Loomis. So as the Miz backs up ever so closely to said hole, Dexter Loomis' head pops up like a rack of mole and he's going to drag the Miz underneath the ring with him. He fights it off. Ciampa tries to make the save. He gets almost dragged into the depths of whatever is underneath that ring. So Ciampa is going to get pulled and he is going to land a mic shot to the head of Dexter Loomis and he is able to break free and the Miz is going to check down the hole to see where Dexter Loomis is. And Dexter pops up and they freak out and they run away. This is campy. It's dumb, but I love it. There is something about Dexter Loomis that I enjoy. He is a quirky, kayfabe Sierra killer with the heart of gold who is a talented artist and is married to Indy Hartwell and Storyline. And for that, I am living for whatever shenanigans Dexter has in store for Miz in the weeks to come. This is just insanity in its purest form. And for some reason... 
I kind of dig it. And now it is time for our main event featuring Bailey San Jose's own versus Alexa Bliss. I am going to be very fair in saying this match was the least heated match from last night's show because the fans are very torn on Bailey. We got let's go Bailey, Bailey sucks. Chance, Alexa Bliss's offense wasn't exactly over despite her going after Bailey's left shoulder with an arm ringer followed by a couple of knee drops to said arm and a pretty creative spot. At one point, Bailey lands Bailey to Bailey on Alexa for a near fall and Alexa lands cold red on Bailey for a near fall as well. But with all things on this show, we get more distractions as Alexa Bliss is going up top for the Twisted Bliss and she is stopped by Dakota Kai at ringside after Bianca Belair is going to stop Bailey from cheating moments earlier, but she's wiped out due to a post spot into the ring post courtesy of VO Sky. Asuka tries to fight back to no avail. She misses a hip attack and she is sent into the still steps after a sidestep by Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai and Eo Sky distract Alexa Bliss long enough for Bailey to hit the rose plant on Bliss for the win. After the match is over, they beat down Alexa Bliss. Asuka gets beat down as well. Bianca Belair tries to fend off the heels. She goes for the KOD on Bailey, but she is jumped by Kai and Sky, and that allows Bailey to land the rose plant on Bianca Belair. And she tells Bianca, I've chosen the time and place where I want to take your championship. Extreme Rules, Philadelphia, three weeks time. Drops the mic. She stands tall over the Raw Women's Champion to wrap up Monday Night Raw at the top of the hour. This is a fine heat-seeking segment, even though the match itself between Bailey and Alexa Bliss lacked heat. Corey Graves keeps mentioning that Alexa's missed something since her return to WWE several months ago. And I agree. Alexa Bliss can do great character work. We saw it as a goddess, even when she was the fiend to porno. I liked the performances. I was not a big fan of the hocus pocus bullshit, but the character work was on point. At least it was a character we could connect to. Right now, Alexa Bliss is a blank slate and I don't like it very much. And that's why the fans are not connecting with her because she has nothing to offer as a character. There is no motivation behind what she's doing right now. And I know some fans think at some point she's going to flip on Bianca Belair and Asuka. I could see it. She needs an edge. She needs to click as a character that I loved on SmackDown Live, giving Becky Lynch to business six years ago on the mic. Someone that ran roughshod over the Raw Women's Division, putting Bailey and Sasha Banks in their places, putting Mickey James on lock when she was her original associate on SmackDown a year before. A former Miss Money in the Bank that got her championship back by defeating Nia Jax. Someone that was compelling as the Fiend's Number two, in some ways, she had a great tag team partnership with Nikki Cross, being a two-time women's tag team champion. Their partnership and friendship was very good. And we don't get any of that in terms of character work and development from Alexa Bliss. She went to therapy. She has a doll. She has to sell for marketing purposes because it's a hot seller on WWE Shop. And that's about it. And that is a problem. And I'm hoping that the Triple H administration gives Alexa Bliss the pop she needs to get over as a character, whether it's a heel or a baby face. Because right now she is not gelling with the audience at large. And she used to have them in the palm of her hand. She was magnetic on screen. 
and her matches had more heat. Right now, not so much, and this led to a pretty heatless main event outside of the beatdown to close the show. And on that note, this wraps up a solid episode of Monday Night Raw, minus all of the distraction finishes for on one show is a bit much. Gotta slow that down, heading into Extreme Rules in a few weeks' time in Philadelphia. This Monday Night Raw rating will crash, most likely due to not one, but two Monday Night Football games airing on ESPN2, ESPN, and ABC, respectively. And fortunately for WWE, these games were blowouts. Buffalo spanked the Titans, and the Philadelphia Eagles pounded the Vikings. So due to the blowout nature of both of these games in primetime, maybe they can add some viewers to Monday Night Raw to see, hey, this is what's happening on the flagship show. I hope that happens, but two games sandwiched in between, it's going to be a struggle. We'll see how those numbers shake out later today. Last week, the third hour fell off a cliff, and I expect similar results later today when the numbers drop courtesy of show buzzdaily.com and with that this wraps up episode number 139 of the raw verdict recapping the highs and lows from wwe's flagship show monday night raw i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at lady wrestling x on twitter and our instagram at receptopia they can find me tweeting and grabbing these podcast shows the drop on the semi daily recapping monday night raw nxt not 2.0 anymore aw dynamite friday night smackdown on fox and aw rampage on tnt you know what to do, such Receptopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 87 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's revamped brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.